I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot. And really a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Sunday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe at Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there, join the militia, rate, review, subscribe. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, we appreciate that. All those who have done so already. Syracuse loses in embarrassing fashion to Pitt as they sweep the orange 96-76. to The most points they've scored against Syracuse since 1993. Some of you weren't even born. Cuse falls to 7-4 and and 1-3 and in the ACC. You'll hear from us. We'll hear from you in fan feedback. And as of right now, Syracuse will face Miami this Tuesday at 7 p.m. We will tell you what we think about that. Um, what's up, Joe? Not much, man. What's going on? Um, <clears throat> so, <laughs> live streams. I have so much fun doing these live streams. I wish I could do them more often. I know that um, you know. I had a couple people request on Saturday. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm like, you know what? I got time to do it. I'll do it. So, if I can do it, I'm going to do it regardless if it's on yes or not. If people want to show up and hang out, great. If not, then it is what it is. The late ones are tough. I've been asked to do um, uh, you know, a 9 o'clock one, and that's just that's tough. That's tough. I get up at 5 in the morning, and that 9 o'clock game is getting watched from the bed, unfortunately. Sorry, I'm old. What can I say? <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll try to do some of these, get Joe in on them, and, um, you know, we'll have, yes. a little, we'll have a little bit of fun. I need a little so, bit of uh, more of a heads up. And, and, yeah. yeah, that one, they, they've, mostly, they've mostly been spontaneous. So it's not, none of them have been planned. So there's that. But, uh, yeah, we'll have to try to plan some of these. And we'll endure the pain together on the live stream. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so I found out about two seconds ago, uh, Syracuse football team is getting a new receiver coach, Terry Samuels. Joe, what can you tell us about Terry Samuels? Uh, Terry Samuel was uh, receiver coach this past year at UNLV, but the nine seasons before that, he was at Michigan State. Um, had a little bit of a... I think he said five or six, what, five receivers get drafted in the nine years that he was there from Michigan State. Uh, six have landed, obviously, active NFL roster spots. Um, he was also the uh, coach at Michigan State that recruited Tristan Jackson um, originally to Michigan State. So uh, Michigan State's had some decent receivers, and here's a guy that's it's got a little bit of, um, obviously, experience. He's got a little bit of experience as well. Uh, yeah, it might be 15 some odd years ago, but he has in the past – done special teams uh, type stuff as well. So who knows if this is kind of uh, part of replacing Justin Lustig because uh, he was uh, the guy that did special teams and he was the receiver coach. So yeah, he wore maybe a lot he's, of hats. <clears throat> yeah. So maybe he's just a receiver coach and hopefully um, that's going to help out a bit. Um, and honestly, uh, just looking at the transfer portal, when I found this out, I said, okay, well, he's coming from another team. Let's just kind of check out the transfer portal to see, because obviously this guy is the one that's, you know, recruited him um, and been with them. So I checked out UNLV, UNLV's three receivers that uh, are hitting the transfer portal. 
and Michigan State has got two. So on and out of the five of those, four of them um, are three-star receivers. So, and they're all, I mean, I, he didn't recruit the guys at UNLV, but he coached there. But the Michigan State, the two guys, he uh, he did recruit there. So who knows? Maybe there's something there to where we can get a, a transfer portal just because of a relationship and kind of bolster that um, that receiving crew. Uh, but could, could use some help there. So. Yeah, and you never know because it could help too as well. I'm not saying that Justin Lustig hasn't done a good job because we have had good receivers um, in the past and obviously uh, past year or so it was a little rough. But uh, just to have a guy come in and just strictly be receivers coach and be pretty pretty good recruiter um, in that position, then hopefully that's going to help out that position. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, it is time for the pain. We're going to bring the pain mm. with Pitt. First, let's hear what Coach had to say after the 76, well, 96 to 76 loss against Pitt last night. You know, we, we, we hung in there at the end of the first half. We came back. In the second half, we came out and couldn't get any stops, uh, not just rebounding. We couldn't stop them. Um, you know, they just did whatever they wanted inside. Uh, they made some key threes when they had to, but we could not get stops. The offensively, we had some opportunities. You know, we missed some layups early in the run when they made their run. We missed two or three easy shots around the basket. Um, but, you know, we're, we haven't made anything from the three-point line for a while now. And we just haven't been consistent there the whole year. Um, and, and that's obviously hurting our offense. But defensively, this was a defensive game. And, you know, we got no stops. And we're going to have to find some way to be better defensively uh, going forward. Uh, you know, they got it inside too easily. Um, when they missed, they got it and put it back. Um, but it was, you know, really every position struggled. The forward position struggled. The guard every position. We struggled at every position defensively. Um, really the whole second half, a little bit in the first half, but the whole second half. Uh, just complete team breakdown defensively. You know, he hasn't played well overall. He's had a couple good games, but Kadari has not played well coming in in his opportunities. So it's not like we have a viable alternative. Um, people are leaving Kadari open and he's, he's not able to make open shots yet. And it's hard to get to the basket when they don't play you. Joe does a good job of getting us into our offense. Um, he's, he's done a really good job of that. But he's struggled. He hasn't made shots like we know he can. And he hasn't, uh, he's gotten in the lane and hasn't been able to make a play in there. He's just struggled. But really, both guys have struggled. And, uh, you know, they, they both need to play better. Where do you look for answers on defense? can't make a trade. <laughs> we don't have an answer. We're playing the best group we have, and we're going to continue to play them and hope that we get better. This was a bad day. You can have those. We've kind of avoided that. We've been in every game. This is the first game, and we were ahead at halftime, so it wasn't like we were out of it in the beginning. But um, you're going to have a game like this, I think, during the course of the year. Uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, but we're four games into the league season. We've got to just put this behind us. We've got to try to get better defensively with who we have. All right, the coach montage is brought to us by betonline.net. Now, look, who saw the, the Bills going to the AFC Championship? I did. I saw it. I saw it. Now, if the Browns beat the Bills, they get to, they get to play – Again at home, and you you you're gonna have fans there. Those 6,700 fans or whatever. The Browns beat the Chiefs. What did I say? The Bills. Yeah, if the Browns beat the Chiefs, then then the Bills Bills get another home game. It does not look like it right now. I'll see you in Missouri next week. (laughs) It does not look like it right now. So 
Um, if you can't get to a game this year, you can still get in on all of the action at BetOnline. BetOnline's going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coach and props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Head over to BetOnline today. Use the promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all of the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you, BetOnline. Okay. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And I almost didn't even do this because I was so <laughs> pissed yesterday. I was so pissed. I have not been this cuse pissed in quite some time, bro. It was since just, Liberty. Since Liberty. <laughs> Yeah, that might have been one. So uh, the good, uh, we said that Syracuse had to get to the line and do a much better job there, and they did. 19 for 22, 86%, really good. Syracuse shot 40% overall from the field, really good. They were actually 24 for 45 from two, 53%. Uh, Q, double-double, 12 rebounds, 18 points. Griffin, a career high, 28 points, Um, his high in in an orange uniform. The bad, 13% from three for the orange. Orange, three for 22. That's an embarrassing performance. And it just is just piling on from behind the arc of poor performances. So, uh, guys, Joe Girard, he's got to evolve into, evolve into something more than just a guy who occasionally hits threes. He was 0 for 3 from 3, 0 for 4 from the field. He had the lowest offensive rating in the, in the, uh, in the entire game, according to Ken Palm, with a 52. The lowest offensive rating for Pitt, just to juxtapose that, was 98. And that was Colt. What the hell is his name? I, I, I said this to myself earlier. And I had it. It's Koulibaly, Sean. Koulibaly. That's right. I, I knew that. I was just testing you out, Joe. He had mm-hmm. a 98. Uh, Joe's two points came from the line. Um, he has to get to the line. We talked about this. If he's not scoring from behind the arc, the dude's got to get to the line to contribute to this team. Otherwise, I hate to say it. I'm not trying to be mean, but he's he's a, he's 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 a. I don't want to say he's useless, but he's not doing much. Is that fair? Um, liability. He's a liability. Yeah, that's a good word. He's a liability. Um, he he wasn't the only one with a poor shooting performance, obviously, as we all saw. Buddy went 0 for 8 from distance. He just did a couple of things that just make it, does, it just does the sting isn't as bad. So, you know, it is what it is. And last of the bad, I want to be clear, and I'm not blaming the loss on this, but you cannot tell me that this game was officiated well in the slightest. A poorly officiated game. And a little bit lopsided on the the kinds of fouls that weren't or were being called. So we can get into that a little bit later. Uh, the ugly, when I heard Champagne was warming up, I knew that it was not going to be good. Unless he was going to play, you know, limited minutes, it wasn't going to be good. And that's obviously we all know what happened. He played 34 minutes, 16 rebounds, and 24 points in those 34 minutes. And he killed us. He killed us. He killed us dead. Uh, that led to negative 12 in the glass for Syracuse, which leads me to this. Syracuse sits 185th in total rebounding percentage at 45 in the last three games. I hate to say it, and I'm not trying to be negative, but I'm just being realistic. Any kind of like bubble talk or anything like that should probably um, be quelled immediately. <laughs> Immediately, this team has yep. no answer in the low post without Sadibi or another center step, stepping up to fill that void. I'm not seeing it. Uh, we're, we're not even seeing it be tried out there. So, Joe, Syracuse drops to 61st in the net rankings and 51st in Kempom rankings. Mm-hmm. Pitt's starting guards combined for 43 points. Ours combined for 14 points. We're getting slaughtered on defense. What's your thoughts? <laughs> Thanks, bud. <laughs> Take over. Um, obvious, obviously, uh, we have issues with obviously rebounding. Uh, it looks like if we don't figure out something again, he said that we don't have an answer. So unless it's Sidibe, then I think we just are, we have what we have, and just the effort on the boards and on defense is just going to have to get better. And he's going to have to give other people opportunities in game um, to to do that. Uh, Obviously, this isn't a good matchup for Joe Girard and Buddy Beheim. Um, being guarded by uh, Audis, Tony, and Xavier Johnson all game obviously proved to be too much for them in two different games that they've already played. So, uh, yeah, they shut not, them down. Not a great matchup for us. No. Um, 
really at all is this Pittsburgh team. But again, to, to what Beheim was saying, it was just, just too easy. The buckets were too easy. And 64 second chance point or second half point uh, points. Um, they still had 18 second chance points when they did miss. And they shot 10 more free throws and made seven more than we did. Um, plus, they shot better from the three-point line. They had one guy that was hitting them pretty much, and uh, he shot five of ten, and we just couldn't get a guy there. So I don't know. Right now, at this point, I don't care about offense. <clears throat> I'm not just, worried I, about offense. I mean, if you listen to Coach Presser, he makes some good points. This wasn't an offensive loss, despite the poor shooting. But we did great from two. But you remember when they were at the end of the they they well I mean okay toward forty percent from two I mean it was it's, better it's it's better that's pretty good I mean I'll take it 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 would get the job done if, if no, it's you, better than the thirteen point six from three right? yeah yeah so um, do you remember when they were approaching the end of the first half we were down they kind of they they made that run to get up by five it was it was from being aggressive it was from getting inside feeding Garrier feeding Mark and and getting it done down low with with that stuff and getting to the line and obviously uh, they didn't do a whole lot of that in the second half and when we were down started to get down quickly well then you know but that's always a recipe for um, yeah. just frustration and 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 they had our they had their way with the defense. Yeah, well, problem. and that's right. And that's the thing is, is that they, you saw different things. I saw two different plays where it looked like pretty easily the ball was, you know, off of them and it wasn't. And the bounces in the ball really was, I mean, our luck really didn't go our way in this game uh, on top of the fact of a lot of the, uh, the ticky tack calls. I mean, I'll go with it every single time that we play Pittsburgh or I see Pittsburgh play that Xavier Johnson falls out twice. They just don't call it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he was he's pushing pushing Dolzai when he's trying to you know uh, pick him. He's hand checking Joe so he can't get by him, and that's in the chance off chance that he actually does make a move to get be able to get like kind of the upper hand on him, and uh, they just don't call it. But then you see some of the other ticky tacks that they call. I mean, that's why Jim Bayheim got the technical. He basically was just screaming. I mean, everybody heard it. They haven't they didn't call that all game, and then all of a sudden you want to call it. So. Uh, it was just a frustration T and really other than Quincy and Alan Griffin, um, nobody else was really efficient. Um, I mean, I guess Mark did all right. Yeah, Mark, Mark, okay. Mark was a lot more we talked about him being more aggressive and he was, but we got to be able to hit the threes, man. We I got mean, to. But, but yeah. See, that was buddy's thing. If buddy hits a couple of those threes, he has a decent game. You know, if he goes two for eight, you know, right. He has a decent game. It's not zero for eight. You know, three rebounds, yeah. five assists. You know, you, you're talking. Well, about... and you have to do something about it. But he played the whole game. Yeah, he did. He's the only one. I mean, I know that he made some adjustments and went in there oh. and and get, he went four for four inside the lane. And uh, you know, that's where you got to go with that. And he went zero for eight from them. between him and Joe. They were zero for eleven from the three point line. Uh, you got to be able to get guys in there, and realistically, at the end, it looked like they were either gassed or they were just out of it. Um, we've been good at stopping, just hucking up threes and taking bad shots and doing what we need to do, but it seemed like for a minute there it got out of hand. We still had plenty of time to kind of grind it out, and instead we just kept taking bad shot after bad shot, and they were scoring every single time. So it just got out of hand really, really quick, and... I mean, that's that's just what it is. I mean, you're looking at probably what would have happened if Justin Champagne peep if he played the first game. Yeah, and, you know, we, we, we came in – I came in to last show checking, checking their SB Nation site for Pitt, and it was saying that, that Coach Capel was saying that Champagne was, was doing better than, than expected in his recovery, but still – you know, there was there was inclination there that, you know, he plays cards tight to his chest, looks like everybody does. And, you know, there was there was no indication there that he was gonna go against Syracuse. And then you see him warming up and you're like, Oh F. I mean mm-hmm. yeah, it was no, like as soon as I saw that, I'm like, dude. Yeah, the pit pit preview right out the window. Yeah, pit preview. That's right. Cause I said, ah, it doesn't look like he's gonna play, and there he comes. It's the first thing I thought of. So uh anyways, uh, there's plenty to talk about, uh plenty more to talk about. We'll get into that right now with you. It's- 
It's time to hear from you, the loud mouths from the loud house. All right, y'all know what to do. I'm surprised you're still doing it. I really appreciate it, everybody going to the socials at the end of every game, me asking for your thoughts, and you actually putting them there. And some people are taking the time to to actually put some thoughtful stuff in there, and I appreciate that. So, uh, Jake on Facebook, this one not so much, but still. Uh, good thing Woody Newton got in for 12 seconds. <laughs> Him and Edwards played for less than a minute, and you got Edwards in there. It was two minutes. Was it? The last two minutes. Was it? Two minutes. Okay. Okay. All right. Whatever. Okay. Okay. You got Jesse Edwards going in for Dole. Dole's got picks up four fouls. Jesse Edwards in there. He goes up. He misses a layup, and then he fouls coming down, trying to grab the rebound. Right. So it's like, ah, you know, you feel for him. He makes that. He, he gets to stay in. You know, we got Dolzhai. We need to keep in the game. And he's got four fouls. Like, that's the problem. That's the problem. He, he, he Coach puts him in, and he immediately screws up. And you, everybody knows what's going to happen when when we see that, right? So, mm-hmm. um, Mahir, top fan on Facebook. He's got a lengthy one. He goes on a little bit of a rant. I'm going to hit as much of it as I can. Uh, he says, where do I start? Beheim needs a kick in the butt. Yeah, I get we don't have Sadibi, but why aren't we playing Edwards or Bull? Uh, well, we talked about Edwards, but he did, did. was that fair? I mean, we could make a conversation about that, right, Joe? Was it fair to pull him as, as quick as we did? You know, I, I don't know. Uh, why are they here if they're not ready? I feel for these poor kids. Gerard, liability. Love how Garrier is the best player out on the floor, yet no plays, no plays run for him. He barely touches the ball in the second half. You lash out at reporters for asking questions. I love Beheim, but how do you possibly justify Woody coming in in the in the waning two minutes? He went from not playing because of isolation to all of a sudden he can play. Buddy was gassed, airballed two threes, and had no legs. Poor kid needed a breather. You ride a six man. You ride a six man rotation and then throw on a press. These kids can't handle it. It killed them and whatever energy they had left. Uh, they clearly tried. Sixty four points in a half. Sixty four. Yes. Yeah, some some of the officiating was bad, and Jim took one <clears throat> with the T. But come on. So he goes on for a little bit. But yeah. Look. But he hit up a bunch of good points. Uh, yeah. So the press came late, and I mean, you could talk about well, they were they were too gassed to even do it, and that's probably uh, a factor. But it came a little too late for me. I expected it to come earlier. I don't know why they weren't. But you know, I want to see, and I'm with the I'm with the rest of the fans on this because I was I was I was on I was playing coach's side, and I was kind of. I was kind of just, you know, take, not really taking his side, but listening to what he was saying as far as the center stuff goes, right? So I'm at the point now where I want to see it with my own eyes. Not 15 seconds or a minute of Edwards coming in, making a mistake, and getting yanked. I want to see it with my own eyes. I want to see it for some significant minutes. You know, I know Coach is he's saying he's going to play the best guys, but at some point, man, we got to get these kids some in-game experience. I'm waiting for Frank to come back too. Obviously, he he would be the next man up, I think. And when he comes back, Joe, I I would hope that coach plays him. Yeah, to me it's tough. I don't really understand it cuz last year Jesse Edwards played more than this when we had Sidibe. So, again, it's one of those things where like, I'm kind of right there with you. Um I'm with coach when it comes to obviously what he sees in practice and all that kind of stuff. Right. But right. at some point you get enough of a sample size in a game to understand that practice doesn't always translate to the games and we need to start changing some stuff up. And if people can't, can't defend then they can't defend. I mean, I know Alan Griffin had 28 points, but how many, how many times <clears throat> was it his guy who, well, got loose and got open or he didn't box out champagne or uh, you know what I mean? Like there's there's a lot of these things where it seems like we're trading offense for defense and we just can't do that. I mean, I brought that up with uh, about Joe Girard and it's kind of the same thing, but we're kind of stuck in coach hit up on this as well, because you see how they guard Kadari Richmond when he's in there. They know that he can't shoot threes. So Kadari Richmond kind of exposes us on offense and makes it very difficult um, for offense when he's in, but he does help defense. So 
Yeah, tremendously too on defense, bro. <clears throat> Look, if I had to answer, I'd be a coach. So I, 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 I can only really come up with my opinion, you know, with my opinions and everything like that. But again, um, coach is going to play who he's going to play. He's not going to justify playing somebody and just, oh, I'm going to throw Jesse Edwards out there for 20 minutes just to prove just to show the fans. You know, he's trying to win games. I know. I know and, he's not going to do it to prove a point, And that's that's, you know, that's the thing. He's not going to do right. it to prove a point to be like to show yeah. uh, to show fans because he let's be honest. He doesn't give a crap what we think. Doesn't give a crap what well, reporters think. He's gonna play. Yeah. He's gonna coach the game that he thinks he needs to coach to win. Right. And, and the it, worst thing about it is, is Pittsburgh isn't the biggest team in the ACC by any means. No, no. The, you know, Justin Champagne is is extremely talented, man. Oh yeah. What a freaking athlete, though. I mean, you got to hand it to the kid. He's he carried that team on his back that game for for well for a lot of it. You, those two guards did a great job too. I mean, they no, killed. They almost they, had four players with twenty points. No, they killed us. They just straight up killed us. I did have someone tell me though, someone that uh, someone that many of you would know, but I'm not going to mention their name. Uh, they said to me that you know I love Coach Beheim, but I, I'm I got to be I'm questioning some of some of these things now, which I never used to do, and something along those lines. And I mean, look, I think it's I think it's I think it's legit to question some of these things at this point. And you know, I don't think it's being a bad fan. I don't think it's being disloyal, a disloyal no. idiot. Uh, I just think it's, you know, you want to see, you want to win. You want to see something different. You want to see something else tried because we're getting killed now. What is going to be the difference? We get killed worse. And it's the same thing, right? It's the same if, thing. If Buddy and Joe were in there draining threes every game, then it would be justified. And you'd sure. be able to give up that whole offense versus defense a little sure. bit of what we do give up. But you're giving up something on defense, and on top of that, you're not making your shots. It just optics looks bad. On top of the fact that as much as people, I mean, whether it's coach, whether it's you know, I don't know. Obviously, haters are they don't mind, but you know, the people that stick up for him. Obviously, I think that Buddy is a Division One. I, I think he's an ACC player. I'm not saying all that, but it just looks bad when you're going 0 for 8 from the three. I mean, that's what you're supposed to really be known for and you play all 40 minutes and we give up those many points and i'm not just saying it's just one person because obviously but it looks bad because of the bay because of his last name yeah it does it looks people bad. are always going to question it is to if buddy's doing bad and coach is keeping him in there they are always going to put it to the whole nepotism conversation and that's what <laughs> yeah. they're going to look at right yeah yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. He's I'm getting just, minutes because it's his being, son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and there's yeah. people that are always going to go that route, sure. right? And then on top of that, there's the whole, okay, well, I look at it like, damn. I mean, Sidibe, you saw him last year. We were coming in planning to have the center, and I think it would have looked completely different. But now we don't have him. But you have these other pl- fans that are like, okay, well, we still have three other centers on our roster. Where are they? Yeah. We're getting out-rebounded. We're getting beat up down low. Where are they? How many body parts does Mark have to lose before we just start throwing three pieces uh, or, you know, different centers in there, right? Just to see what happens. Yeah. Because at some point we're going to have to do it, whether whether he likes it or not, because we just continue. I mean, this is how many games in a row that we got beat by 15, like on the boards, minus Georgetown. It's ACC play is kind of we can see the writing on the wall. We see how we lose. And there's just if there's nothing to be done, then it's going to be a long season. Yeah, it's going to be a long season, Joe. If we don't get Sidibe in there, I got a feeling. No, I got. I mean, I'm just. I'm sold that it's going to be a long season. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. And the bubble talk. I don't want to hear nothing about bubbles. I just want to have a winning record at this point. Yeah. And and you just got ousted know, by uh, bracketology this week. ESPN's bracketology yeah, after that loss. So, so yeah. I mean, you know, and you know, it's a gauntlet from the next like eight games. Ugh. It's not, mm-hmm. it's it's a gauntlet, dude. And, and yeah, if we get some consistency, where where we don't miss any practices and we don't miss any games, and we can kind of maybe put some stuff together, then maybe there will be a little bit of development and stuff like that. Uh, because everyone's dealing with it, but everyone has their own little schedules and their own little hiccups and how many you know we games they miss, how many games. days they miss, right? So yeah, we still got two makeup games to do: Wake Forest and um, Notre Dame. Yeah. So and every uh, state's different, right? So yeah, we yep. can't really compare. You can say everyone's dealing with it, but if different teams from different states are dealing with different protocols, and we were in the whole all oh, fourteen days, I guarantee you that not every single team 
is dealing with the 14 days quarantine. So oh, no, they're not. But they changed that. So that's that's different now in New York. No, they changed it after we already did it. Twice. I, I I know. True. True. But I think everybody's pretty close to the same. Anyways, uh, Mahir, great, great comments. I'm sorry we can't hit them all. I wish I could, but you just sparked a 10-minute conversation, so we're behind I'm now. sorry. Uh, at MF Brightside, no toughness, no discipline, and poor effort. He is losing the team by not playing the best guys. Also appalling they cannot give one of the three backup centers any time. Mark cannot defend and rebound with ACC fives. I mean, that's, yeah. Mm. That's, I mean, to piggyback I mean, on what we were just talking about, he, he can't. There's he a lot can't. of presumptions there, but yes. There's a, well, I mean, he, yeah. can't for, he can't for 39 minutes a game, that's for sure. Well, we, I understand that. We don't know. You know, he says he's losing the team by not playing the best guys. We don't, we don't, we have no idea. No, you look for certain sparks and stuff like that. But yeah. again, you can see the difference with the way that Pittsburgh plays versus the way that we play sometimes. And again, the aggressiveness and the will. I mean, I saw a perfect example yesterday of, Doljai making a play on a ball um, it kind of blocked or got the ball loose as he was kind of going up for a shot and the ball came down and Braswell just stood there and watched and then let the guy come back. Get I think it was uh, Tony and got the rebound and put it right back up and Braswell was right there. And it's like that. That's the difference. You see the difference. You can see other than Gary uh, and Doljai, then you can see certain plays where players just kind of give up. Yeah, you can't do that. All right, we will be right back after a word from Travis Pastrana and Live CBD. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives... There's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, one more time. We're going to hear from the folks over at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coach and props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Head over to BetOnline today. Use the promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you, BetOnline. You got you got the AFC Championship, the NFC Championship, and the Super Bowl coming up. You've got hockey's in full swing now. And um, the, the, uh, the NBA, wherever the hell that is, is also doing something. So, thank you, BetOnline.net. All right, uh, let's continue here at E... Let's just say, Evan. His name's Evan. He's on Twitter. Uh, two lousy points from JG3. Zero for seven from the field. Two bench points. This team is horrific. Lacks leadership and grit as posted above. Coach is a legend, no denying that. But we are Syracuse basketball. And SU shouldn't be associated with mediocre basketball. And, you know, it's been, it has been a tough few years. It's been a tough couple years, and then they throw in they. I say they. I don't know who they is, but then along comes COVID, the COVID stuff, and the in the quarantining, and the contact tracing, and the this and the that, and here we are dealing with injuries, and um, you know we've got our starting center is out, and you know we got our two guards are struggling to score. So yeah, it sucks. Two bench points. In 18 minutes, uh, Kadari Richmond had two points. But, you know, he does the little things. Like, I don't mind seeing Kadari out there. I just think he's got to kind of get into his rhythm in his own offensive rhythm, basically. He's so yeah. good on defense, man. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think we need him out there. And some teams are going to play him a little bit differently. But he's got to be able to develop into making something happen. Because, again, you saw it last yesterday with Xavier Johnson just – backing down and basically daring him to take the jump shot. And, and even coach talked about it. And yeah. I talked about it last time about how when teams play defense against you like that, then you can't drive by them. You can't, I mean, it just makes the whole thing difficult, makes offense difficult. It's a four on five situation for the most part. And that's really, I think the conundrum that coach has, because if he could just step up and hit that just mid range jumper, then I think he'd be playing more minutes than Joe right now. So, yeah. And quite, yeah. 
Yeah, I would I would agree with that. What do you think about the mediocrity of Syracuse basketball lately? Um, you know, it's been tough since we joined the ACC, really. But compounding that was the loss of scholarships and the the sanctions and all of that stuff. And and you know, right when the recruiting starts really looking good, and then we get hit by. So a couple injuries, and then we have now we have uh, COVID to deal with, and it's just right. It's just a compilation of just everything sucking. You know, it's just sucks. It yeah, just sucks. Well, that does not I, excuse our point guards for shooting like crap, though. No, but as no, far as the but, depth goes and things like that, I think that. Well, we haven't been able to, to create it, right? Mm-hmm. I think that so many times people just kind of don't understand how I mean I remember back in the day when we had all of our scholarship guys and we would develop guys yeah. you see certain guys come in and grow certain guys they're ready to, to go as soon as they come in here but it wasn't a situation where we really needed them to uh, for the longest time we only had Sidibi and, and Chukwu and for a while we were you know kind of on them but it was really just because of the offensive end but they did really really good on defense it's just but now we have three centers um, one's a sophomore one's a redshirt freshman and one's a freshman so three years from now you're going to have four guys or four centers you know two three years from now where you're going to have that experience right you're going to have the other experience in the other areas uh, we've got, so, yeah we've got not to forget too that we have sadibi mark both with extra year eligibility possibly both of them could come back next year so right that's yeah, that, that, that's huge. I'm not trying to be. We don't, I'm not trying right, to shove but, everything this year under the rug and look to next year, but just as far as you know, the depth goes, uh, that's gonna right. Help. Well, Griffin's a sophomore, Gerard's a sophomore, Garrier's a sophomore, Sadibi's a senior, but he's hurt. Dolzhai's a senior, he's hurt. Buddy's a junior. Kadari freshman, Woody Newton freshman, Jesse Edward. I mean, when you look at it, most of our players are don't have two years of experience in college basketball. Yeah. Now you take away Braswell, Bayheim, Dolzhai, and Sidibe. And one of them's hurt and one of them barely plays. So, again, we do have to understand that this is a relatively young team as well. Yep. At Baptized by Fire 7, it wasn't, I wasn't going to comment because I'm so mad, but I delivered some mail and I feel better. Well, I didn't know that delivering mail makes you, could make you feel better because I was quite pissed yesterday. And if I knew all I had to do was deliver some mail to fix Bro. that. It's a service job. Act of service. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? That's right. This is the softest Syracuse team I've ever seen. I'm not talking about uh, it, I'm not talking about grit. More on that later. They are weak, all caps. No muscle. They quit early in, in the second half. Plays scared. Terrible. I happen to I mean, you see I, it. I, I happen to agree with that. <laughs> I mean, tell me, prove me wrong, right? Uh, Joe, it's you, all it's all about what you can see, right? Yeah, you you hit on it in the pregame, or was it the last postgame, or whatever the hell it was? But you did, you hit on that a little bit, and yeah, and they're young again. It comes down to young. You got a guy losing physical. a tooth, doing everything he can. He's the smallest guy in the court, doing everything he can. He's getting freaking railroaded every game. This dude breathes on somebody, and they call a foul, like my brother-in-law said to me yesterday. Meanwhile, he's getting grabbed around his neck and yanked to the floor. He's losing teeth, getting elbowed in the face. He's, you know, this guy's the toughest guy on our team. He weighs 180 pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Quincy. But well, again, course, that's like, sure, again, yeah. it's just, it's, it's effort. A lot of it is effort. Uh, in basketball, obviously, you can be... You do have to obviously get physically strong, but it's not as the same as football. But yeah, I, I just don't see it. I see about a bunch of young guys that are still trying to to fill out and figure out their body. And again, people are going to be like, "Well, you know, it's recruiting. That's up to the coach to." And I think that again, we have to be honest with ourselves and understand that Mike Hopkins was the reason why we got a majority. I don't, you can't probably never going to be able to prove it, and obviously we have the the pedigree name as far as Syracuse to to go along with it. But it's obvious once he went out to Washington and kind of well, yeah, got he, all of he those recruited guys. over us. He got a recruit over us. What's he's got name? a bunch, and he continues to. I mean, he's yeah. putting in guys in the NBA every single year, but yet 
he's not really putting up the uh, the wins and losses, so to speak. So, right, well, um, he's building something too. So, yeah. So, and, and, and everybody sees how Bayheim is, and Bayheim's probably not the. He probably gets guys and gets recruits because of the name, the school, the coach. pedigree, and his recruiters. Right? You know, preaching family, preaching how you know we stick together, and all all the coaches we played for him, right? And and coach went to the school, and so. That kind of stuff that sells it. Um, but coach can coach. I just think that we have had issues with recruiting, and obviously he has to sign off on all the recruits as it goes. So the fans, uh, some some people, don't, they don't want to hear the excuses or slash reasons. They just want to say, well, if that's going on, it's because of coach or it's because of coaching. Yeah. Uh, Kansas City got away with one here just now, too. I don't know if you're watching that. That was, an, nope. that was an incomplete pass. Uh, at one Kev Nash, these guys are playing as hard as they can. I've tried my best not to be on the bash JG3 train, but I am rapidly losing faith in his ability to turn it around. Absolutely no defense and terrible – absolute, yeah, absolutely no defense and terrible defense, defensive re- rebounding. Q has been great. JB and staff have to recruit NBA ta- – excuse me, NBA talent. So – the the biggest thing I take away from this is is because I feel the same way, and that is that I have been very very patient with Joe, and we've talked a lot about Joe, and I mean I'm getting over talking about Joe, and I said it in the beginning of the show he has to evolve in some kind of way that makes him more valuable to this team, and the the easiest most obvious thing. And I've said it before, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but is getting to the foul line. If he's not shooting, he's got to be getting to the foul line. He has to be doing something that makes him valuable and a threat. So. Oh, boy. Patty Mahomes. Yeah, he got just straight knocked out or what? <laughs> he can't walk. What the hell is he doing? He slammed his head on the. Yeah. Oh, concussion he, protocol. He is questionable. Out. out. You can see in the replay he is out. Boom. He almost fell the ball too. Lights out. Where's did he hit the Yeah. Anyway. Oh. Now if he doesn't play next week for Buffalo, nah, different Tell, story. Telling you. Buffalo's gonna nope. win it all. All right. Sorry about that. Sorry, but guys. Any, any, <laughs> Anyway, what is serious enough to? <laughs> that's what happens when you watch football while you podcast. So, yeah, but we yeah, do it all the time, would, though. Not all the time. We do it in important things. Like if that guy's gone for, you know, then we're gonna have some issues. I don't know if Chad Henney's gonna get it done for the Super Bowl. I don't know if Chad Henney's gonna get it done for the today. <laughs> no, nope. we shall see. Because yeah, right? it looks like Patty is out. Yeah, he's out. He's done uh, for today. Anyway, so anyways, what do you think about Joe? Joe. You you, uh, you you agree with what I said? Uh, is it is is it is it is it time to be a little tougher on Joe? It is consistency. He is consistent. At this point, he is consistent. He's consistently Mike. bad. He's consistently, consistently inconsistent. No, he's consistently missing shots. Okay, he's very consistent there, missing shots. No, it's not like tell- it's not like he has an occasional great game. Because he hasn't had like a, he's had like one good game, dude. He played okay yeah. against Georgetown. He's mostly not been good. Right. That's why and I'm saying he's got to evolve. Evolve now, Scott. He's got to do something else. Right. And I don't know if he took Joe out for Kadari because Horton was hitting threes left and right and went five of ten, and he was the only guy hitting something on the other team where he's the only guy you needed to worry about, but. If you remember the first pick game, Kadari barely played, and we still were speculating some type of like injury. But maybe he was just trying to stay warm. Uh, but Joe, that that game, he shot like three of eleven or something like that, and coach didn't take him out. And this time he did, and Kadari played eighteen minutes to Joe's twenty-two minutes. Yeah. So uh, it's it's just unfortunate, and realistically, the problem is, is that it's we don't even have a guy that those are our two guys that bring the ball up. So that's why we are in the problem and situation that we are because well, we've seen Dole bring the ball up if, if need be. It's right? only it's only him though, right? Yeah. So okay, so if Joe's in, we're going to give up a little bit on defense, and there's going to be some inconsistencies, and you know he might not hit 
if Kadari's in, then we're going to play okay defense, but then it's going to take a hit on the offense. So again, when Joe's hitting shots, I think that's where you really see the best of this team. Um, because now everybody knows how to guard Kadari. And yeah, unless he steps up, it's going to be difficult. <laughs> Clog the lane, leave him open. Pretty much. Um, okay, let's see. I got to skip a couple because I wanted to get to this one, though. At G, This is it. At G Caesar. Bleed Orange on Twitter. I think I'm saying that wrong. Pretty sure I'm saying that wrong. You could probably most definitely guarantee it. These guys consistently stand around on offense and defense. They should have to pay for a ticket if they're just going to be spectators. Mm. Joe, (laughs) I thought of you. As soon as I read that, I thought of you. Uh, Because privately, and if I'm putting you on the spot, I'm sorry, but privately you've, you've mentioned this to me. About yeah, it's personal to me a little bit, and only because I was a little bit late to the train growing up, right? So, and when basketball came growing around, up, I was like, good... <laughs> "You you What's used that? to be you used to be late to the train. You still are oh, late to the train, go. but you used to be too." <laughs> I'm just saying, I didn't. I really football was my only sport, right? And I wanted to play basketball, and I was competitive, and I played like a football player, and basically, effort was my only way in, right? People knew that I wasn't going to be a ball hog. I didn't care if I scored, got points. Yes, it was all about gritty defense, running after the ball like it was a fumble on in a football field. Yes, that kind of stuff. So um, effort's free, man. <laughs> and like I wish that I could have had the size, the height, the shooting ability of some of these players because when you throw that effort on top of it, then that's that's how you make the NBA. That's what makes a great player. And um, it's just it's just sad that you see some some players that have such just great ability and all they need to do is just is just give effort. Yeah. And I think that that's one thing it that It seems lazy, right? Yeah, it does. It and, seems and, really really lazy. Yeah. And it's very difficult and I just really really wish that Beheim would go back to the way it was. Again, I know that the depth's not quite there yet and hopefully it will in a year or so, but it used to be a day and I remember a time where you missed an assignment on defense. You were out. I saw you saw this, but the first in the beginning there with Griffin. Griffin heel out a back door and uh, took a bad shot, and he uh, he yanked him for Braswell. But then Braswell didn't really play well, missed a shot, and okay, right back to Griffin. So we just don't have those bodies that we used to because Beheim he really used to hold people accountable for defense. And there's when you lose three scholarships, then you have a situation where you kind of got to play who you got to play. You can't recruit everybody you want to recruit. And, uh, yeah, sometimes you got to just play who you have for offense and for defense yeah, just because you don't have the horses. But uh, it's, just, it's just difficult, man. It's, it's tough to watch just people missing assignment after assignment. And we want to bang on Buddy and we want to bang on Gerard. But down low, they got beat, too. Bad. I crushed. So many easy shots around around the hoop. Mm-hmm. So oh, we missed a ton of bunnies. Tunny. It's, it's bad. Tunnies. Uh, I'll close with mm. this because I believe that this 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 sums up sums it up. This is my feelings. We suck. Obviously, size and strength inside is an issue. Our guards and bigs, our big men can't score in the same game. So either one or the other. Gerard is just horrible on both sides of the court. Beheim is the streakiest shooter ever. Nothing coming off the bench. Griffin is erratic. Griffin's er, Griffin is sometimes erratic, but dude, he, do, he I, you can talk about what Joe just talked about with Griffin. Sometimes he does that too. But he scores, man. He got 28 points yesterday. And if anybody has to have a little bit more consistency now, I think that shifts to Griffin. I mean, if we're talking about because he has a really good games and then he has games where he's with his offense is bad, his defense is bad. And he had seven rebounds. So, um, but, yeah. but yeah, I mean, obviously these comments are right after the game and a lot of us were upset. I was very pissed off. I want to thank everybody for going ahead and, and giving us your thoughts and obviously that's what drives the show and it's what we try to spend most of our time talking about is your comments so we appreciate it hey, griffin's got to stop getting the ball stolen from him yeah but he didn't have many turnovers yesterday three well, he had three and yeah. we only had five so. okay touche valid yeah valid but the the five is good though like i'll take five if three of them come from if he could bring guy, the ball up 
legitimately, if he could bring yeah. the ball up as like a point guard, yeah. then I feel like that would be it. Yeah, because we have the guys. And, yeah, you could throw. Yeah, yeah, you could throw Kadari where he belongs too, pretty much. No, so. I mean it's not necessarily that as much as it's. I mean you have Garrier and you can throw a, a Newton or a Braswell down in the wings. Move up Griffin, and you can have Buddy. You can have. Oh, well, Buddy playing whatever. in the wing last year worked out pretty good. I mean, yeah, it wasn't terrible. Well, he did a pretty good job. There's different options is all yeah. I'm saying. Well, there's know? a lot of different options, but we're not seeing them, and that's kind of the, everybody's frustration. Because I, I, I think the results are going to be the same until Sadibi comes back. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm with you, and in, in, in that's kind of what it boils <laughs> down to. Uh, but, you know, it's just still frustrating, and you still want to see it with your own eyes. And that's yep. all I can say about that. So on to this next Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. The 6-6 six and six Hurricanes are traveled to the Dome. Um, Miami is 112th in the net, making this a quad three game at home for the Orange. 77th in Kempom rankings. The all-time series sits at 19-9 and nine in favor of Syracuse. The two teams played last March 7th. Uh, last year, March 7th. Miami with a 69-65 win in overtime. Gerard, Beheim, Sadibi, Dolzai, and Hughes were your starters. Dolzai with 17 points and Sadibi with 10 rebounds. Uh, Miami, <clears throat> they've had their struggles so far this season, especially in the ACC, where they are 2-5, but they did beat 16th ranked Louisville last night 78 to 72 sophomore guard Isaiah Wong led all scores with 30 in that game he leads the Hurricanes with 17.6 points a game senior Nasir Brooks uh, poses a potential problem standing 7 foot 240 pounds uh, Miami pretty guard heavy got 5 guards averaging double digits pretty much got 1 right. 9.9 uh, points a game I'll call it 10 uh, uh, Joe on, po- on paper Miami does seem pretty bearable on paper. The guard heavy, and you think that might be a little bit better for us, maybe. Uh, but the matchup down low, seven foot, two hundred and forty forty pounds, man, that bothers me. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> dude, we're lucky that that's all that it is. Uh, I mean, I'm going to start this by basically talking about some of the guys that they basically lost. Uh, this was a senior laden team that had a lot of guys returning and a lot of people had them dark horses, like a top two or three in the conference. And I mean, early they lost seven foot, 250 pound senior uh, Rodney Miller to a knee injury. He only played two games. Uh, Sam Wardenberg, uh, six foot 10, 225 pound senior uh, had a foot injury. He's out for the season. And uh, senior Chris likes five seven. I know we all remember him. Yeah, and, uh, little guy. No, yeah, little guy. Yeah, uh, they're saying that they did another MRI. They're saying that they're trying to figure out how to figure out uh, how he basically injured his left ankle game two of the season, and he hasn't been back. And I think they've been trying to work back, and I think he keeps re-injuring it. So I wouldn't expect him to play. And uh, one of their best freshmen that came that. It's coming in Earl uh, Timberlake, six foot six freshman. He was putting up some good numbers, got er, uh, hurt early in the season, came back. Now he's got a abscess <laughs> under his arm and he's on antibiotics. So the coaches, they don't really, so they don't know whether or not he's going to be able to play or not. That's kind of a toss up. And um, Cameron McGusty is a six five senior who was uh, there last year as well, and he was he's going to be a game-time decision. He was a game-time decision for the Louisville game, didn't play. Um, hurt his hamstring game four, missed six of the last seven games. He probably tried to come back and re-injured it. So they're going to – he's practicing not playing, so he's that's where he is. It's basically uh, uh, how how what he can deal with. But, you know, if the hamstring's not strong enough, then you're going to eventually just continually tweak it. So – those three guys definitely hurts, but then you see what they did yesterday, and they beat Louisville, and you're like, okay. <laughs> so, is it an anomaly, um, or was it a one-off? What do you think? I you think had, with you this had team, uh, the the this the uh, point guard there, Isaiah, Isaiah Wong. Wong. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a, a really good player. I saw I mean, even last year. You could tell, and he had what thirty points last night. Uh, seven rebounds, six assists, and he actually twisted his ankle late in the game, uh, but he came back. He dunked. Uh, they said that he was in the trainer's room after the game, but uh, I'm sure he's going to be fine. So, yeah, he should be good. But, I mean, he shot 20 shots <clears throat> yesterday. 
out of the 59. So he took a a third of Miami shots. Um, Realistically right now with Miami, not being full strength, the the biggest thing with them is, is what they're, there's certain things they're really good at and there's certain things they're really bad at. And that depending on the team that they play, as far as the matchup depends on like how good they do. So Louisville was just a really good matchup. Um, Looking at Miami though, uh, really good at blocks and steals. Um, making it difficult for you to score. Uh, really good at avoiding fouls. They don't really run into a foul trouble too much. And um, they're really good at defending the inside, inside the arc, two-point shots, things like that. Oh, that's which, awesome. Which, would again, that's what we're trying to go for, right? Right, so right. Their weaknesses, though, is they're one of the worst teams at shooting the three and defending the three. So... <laughs> And they're not very good at free throws. They're not very that they turn the ball over a lot, and obviously they got a lot of injuries. So um, the one big reason why these Miami probably beat Louisville um, was a six seven two hundred twenty five pound freshman Matt Cross. He came off the bench as a forward, spread it out, and he went four six from the three point line, and also went four four from the free throw line, and scored sixteen points off the bench. And that was probably what did it in. They shot 40% from the three this last game, uh, eight out of 20. So <clears throat> even something that they're not that good at, they actually did good against Louisville, and I think that that's why they won. So with us, it's going to be tough. Uh, if we don't hit our three this game, then, then it's gonna, we're going to be hurting turkeys, bro, for sure. Hurting because they turkeys, got, that's a new one. Well, whatever. <laughs> they got <laughs> they got height. Um uh, they don't really got great depth, but um, they do everything that kind of if they're going to make us if they're going to make it difficult for us to shoot twos. And then if we don't hit our threes, then this is a team that we could really, really struggle scoring against. Yeah, well, that is that sucks. That sucks. See, the problem with, you know, they're they're You, you say that they're they're not great at defending the three. Well, I'm watching a lot of open shots just doink. Mm-hmm. And so I don't care if they're bad at defending the three because or well if I'm them I don't care, you know, it's not a worry to me because Syracuse hasn't been making them. Right. And they're at home but they're not in front of a crowd, so I mean there's that, but you know, it's just the like like what you said, you know, involving the game, try to try to get the ball inside to Quincy and Mark. And if yeah. if, if that's going to be a problem, you got seven foot, two hundred forty pounds in there. That that worries me. Now, yeah, it's going to be tough for Mark. It is. Now I'm just at the point where I just want to see. I I want to get a win here because it's a gauntlet from here on out, Joe. And right. not that this is a gimme, but I feel like this is our best chance until we see Boston College again. Got uh, Virginia Tech, UVA, both ranked after Miami. NC State, who is is not, I guess they're they're kind of mediocre, right? I mean, would you say that? I mean, their yeah. their rankings aren't aren't great. They're not they're not having the best of of seasons right now. Uh, then you got two more ranked teams in Louisville and Clemson, and then you play NC State again. That's you know subject to change, obviously, but it's a gauntlet from here on out, and that's yeah. that's the next two weeks, three weeks of play right there. No, I mean like I said, I, four I'm ranked scream, teams. Re, I'm going to scream rebounding and defense until <clears throat> the cows come home because that's what the problem is. Oh, we yeah, can, we absolutely. can we can score. We have multiple people that can score, and we can score in different ways. Uh, yep. Have we been consistent in certain places? No. Uh, the 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 size of their center, I think. Can hurt us, but I think that also offers us the, – the one thing that Dolajai offers us is a non-traditional center where you're going to have a seven-foot guy guarding a guy that could step out and, and hit a little mid-range jumper but also get the ball out far and possibly be able to, to drive by him, get him in, in foul trouble. I know that they're good at staying out of foul trouble, but if we can get him in foul trouble, then that would be um, – Really, really good for. Yeah, I, mean, I know they got a they got a six eleven, two hundred twenty pound junior on, on the bench um, that can come in and help, but he's not as skilled and active as Brooks. Uh, and also, I know they're good at defending the two, but I don't see the guy. Uh, I don't see Anthony Walker. I know he's six nine, two ten, but he's a sophomore, and I just don't see him being able to guard Quincy. 
Okay. So that's really the one thing, like we said last week, we just got to, we got to run our offense through Quincy and, um, and even Marek, if he can do what, what I just spoke of. And if they can do that and they can force some of these guards to come off of their, their guys, then that's when we can actually, you know, hit our other guys for open threes because we know buddy and we know, we know that they can hit them, but we don't know obviously day to day and if they're going to be consistent or not. Well, they're not so they're not consistent. So they're going to have a good game. Then but, this, but you never know, right? That's the whole thing is you can show up and Joe can go six for eight and you wouldn't be surprised. Right. Right. And then everybody, this will, point, everybody you, will love them, including me. And then we'll, it goes back and forth. It's go. It's a love hate relationship, bro. It goes right back. It goes back and forth. So very much so. Um, but these guys are actually good. I mean, they're tall even in the guard position because they do. They start three guards, and uh, you're talking about Isaiah Wong, who's six three, but he's long. I mean, he's he averages six rebounds a game, and I mean, he's a long six three. And then the other two um, guards that start are six five, respectively. So. If Isaiah Wong's guarding Joe, then that's that's going to be tough for him. And then the other guys, they got the height to go against Griffin and, and, and Buddy. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I know Miami, they only went seven deep. So maybe there's a little bit of uh, they look past us or there's a little bit of they're not their legs aren't all there uh, come Tuesday. But yeah, we we got to be able to take take advantage of those those situations. We got to be able to go and, and and get the mismatches, and we can't just be hucking threes. So, um, yeah, it's gonna be tough. We, we can't be hucking threes, but at the same time, if there's a team, Miami is the second worst team in the ACC in guarding the three point line. At some so, point, if if they don't start falling, you got to change your game plan. Sure, start with that. Let's see how it goes. <sighs> it's gonna be tough, man. So, I mean, if you really look at it, we got to be able to make our threes and we got to be able to force them to shoot threes if yeah. we're going to want, you know, a shot. Because if they can penetrate the two, three zone and get the ball up there and then all of a sudden they dominate some of the offensive rebounds again, um, I don't know. And they got 12 offense, offensive rebounds against Louisville. So, um, well, we, we shall see. But it looks like we're running into a game that unless we fix a little bit of the defense and effort and hit our three point shots, then we're heading into a game. That's probably going to look pretty similar to uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will see. I remain hopeful. Uh, just, you know, uh, we'll just, gosh, guys, I, I don't know what to say. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We try. E- either, we try our best. Man. Either way. We try our best to walk you off the ledge every single week. <laughs> I know. We really it's, do. It's been so tough, but we will be here regardless. Win or loss. Uh, we're in it together. So yes. uh, you have yes, that, and we have that. And we thank all of you for listening. Uh, look, I thank uh, Bed Online and Live CBD. Thank all of you again. Um, share it up. Keep in the fan feedback. We love it. We appreciate it. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace.